What's going on? Here we are, the Rugby Report card, coming back after a gallant effort from the men in gold and purple. Um, with me tonight, we have Blake. How are you, Blake? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. And, and Richard. In the podcast world again. Yeah. So Richard's here too. How are you, Richard? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. Uh, talking about the gold and purple, what did you think of the new strip and the, the kind of retro colour gold? Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was outstanding. I was so in for the purple as well. Would you wanted it to be green? I understand the reason why it's purple because it's Capri, obviously. Um, but would you have wanted it to be green? Nah, like, whatever, man. Purple's the colour of the Caesars. <laughs> it's also the colour of the Queen. All right. <laughs> Well, I definitely was thinking about chocolate during the game, man. I cracked open one of the Cadbury's I had in the, the fridge, so it's working. Oh, Whatever yeah. they're doing, it's working. You get on the old gold? No, nah, the old gold's poo. Absolute trash. What is your, chocolate, what is your chocolate choice? Man, I don't like – my favourite go-to would be the Cadbury cream egg. I, I love that shit. Oh, that's sickly. That's horrible. I know, and I've only recently discovered that that's an unpopular opinion. I thought everyone was down for the Cadbury cream eggs. Nah, it's disgusting, man. To the point in which they sell them year-round. They're not just an Easter bust out. Um, Remember but- one night, James, when we uh, we used to share a house and someone skipped out on the last round of beers, so we made them buy yeah. cream eggs and we yeah. sat here and ate 20 cream yeah. eggs each? It was a round of three, so the schooners in, in that place were $28 for three, so he had to buy $28 worth of Cadbury cream eggs as a substitute because he had to go home. <laughs> It's delicious, sat, though. Sat there and then, them. And then the caramel milk. That's anyway, awesome. shall we yeah, talk so, rugby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did you th- what do your boys think about this? Obviously, you were massively invested in it. Um, how did your emotions... Oh, I, I just watched it in passing. Yeah, how did your... Uh, <laughs> How did your emotions go ebb and flow throughout the uh, the 80 minutes? Or ended up probably being about 85, 90 minutes in the end. But how did your emotions ebb and flow? Um, it was a wild, 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 wild ride. And that's why I'd say anything I said during the game, if you're in any of those WhatsApp chats or following us on Twitter, I take it all back. It was all emotion. Um, I, I want to be honest, that first 20 minutes was... Um, was really disappointing. And I get it, right? New combinations, lots of nervous energy, lots of excitement. They were just so poo in the first 20 and it was just felt like, ah, shit, here we go again. Here we go again. It was so frustrating. Um, And then after that point, I think, you know, I think we'll talk about it in this podcast, but Australia were, were pretty good, you know, for, for the for the rest of the game, moments of, of poo, um, but they were pretty decent. Had we been leading by 10, we would have looked at the rest of the game as a pretty good snapshot. But because we were always behind on the scoreboard, it was, it was nail-biting, nerve-wracking, um, and, and failed drop goal. I thought it was all over. I'd, I'd thrown it in. Uh, and isn't sport a funny thing? We lose that game by a point. We're on here, bum of the round, chastising every single player in that team. Rennie's got to go. Hook to Mua, fire Gordon. Uh, we win by a point. Oh, give them another go. They're building. Start of an era. New Jersey. Um, so I don't know if that's a bit of a summation of the roller coaster I felt. How about you, Jim? Yeah, look, 
you've you've summarized it quite well and everything that's come out as a response to the test that that was played last night but in terms of my roller coaster ride so much hope man the pre-game it was like pre-workout to me i was pumped i cleaned the shit out of those dishes while it was on i was so keen and then to watch them just carry themselves with that edge of nervousness. Nothing was done confidently. And, you know, I didn't really buy too much into it. But then, man, the first try was scored. Our disallowed, disallowed try, then the conversion, and then another try. And I was like, fuck, 15 nil down. This, this is not going well, especially because the takeaways for my first half, we were on the attack 13 minutes in, I think it was the 16th minute in which the forward pass was called. And then the next time we we're in there, 22 was like the 30th minute. Dude, if you're in that area and you don't take points and capitalize on your opportunities at a test match, it's just fucked. I think we were very lucky that France went from the plane to quarantine, out of quarantine, straight to Suncorp, mate. Yeah, France sucks, but I think you hit nail on the head there. France are playing test footy, we won't. Yeah, yeah, definitely in that regard. But we we were all over them. If you look at the stats, and Richard will do a bit on that in a second, we were all over them. Their, they, their scoring opportunities were largely against the run of play or capitalising off our shitness. Um, but wouldn't you agree, Richard, that that's test footy? Mistakes matter more in test footy? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'd, I'd love to know your actual opinion in, in, about a number of things, but the change of the tactics, it seemed to be uh, from the first half to the second half, it seemed very much in the first half you wanted to run everything and you wanted to go from deep and you wanted to go through the hands, whereas in the second half you seemed to be a little bit more, go a little bit more tactical kicking. Um, don't get me wrong, there was some poor tactical kicking, but I think that helped you uh, because I felt like you started to play a bit more smarter. You tried to play a bit more territory, put a bit of pressure on, uh, play without the ball a little bit more, whereas I think in the first half you tried a little bit too hard. You know, the fact that you've already mentioned you've got new combinations, you haven't played for three weeks, you know, it would be nice potentially to have like a, a probables versus possibles or whatever it might be, to, just as a little um, segue between obviously uh, having not played for six weeks. But uh, the, definitely the change in tactics, I think, helped in the second half because you're right, mistakes matter more on the, on a, at a test match go. Yeah, and exactly. Oh, you go, Jim. You go. Well, with, with the lead being eight points for a large part of that game and creeping, then they'd creep away. You just can't rely on yourselves when you're playing. It was more the second half in which they were like, territory, there's nowhere we're playing in here. Because if mm. that, if that, margin creep from 8 to 11 or 8 to 12 game over so to play anywhere in their half is doomsday with the way in which we were playing you can't do it so Let's it was good fair, guys it was game over we shouldn't have won that that was no, no way that was that was a moment of french frenchness um and yes too far oh, wow. they were outstanding but that was the most french thing i've ever seen we didn't deserve to win that game in the end somehow we did uh, and it does change the whole sentiment of everything nah, we say here. Nah, fuck that, man. We were on top second half for a large part. And so many times, so many times we've been on the receiving end, bent over the turnstile, while people have been attacking in our five metre and we've been doing this goal line edge defence and they're just ruck after ruck after ruck and we always cave. I've got memories in the teens of that shit happening and being on the receiving end. It was good to actually come out on top and get something for us for a change. It was. It was nice. I'd like to disagree with what you said before, Rich. At the start of the game, I was yelling at Australia, not even to kick well, just to give France the ball, just defend for a little while, just yeah. to calm down. That, yeah, isn't that agreeing with me? 
Yeah, no, it is. I'm oh, I thought, you, oh I, thought, I thought you disagree. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, heard, I heard a D. Oh, yeah. I'm used to it. Normal. I will soon. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, look, we'll get into individuals and, and, and bits and pieces like that. But on the whole, I guess I'm a proud Aussie fan that, that we won first game of the season. I think it was an important win. Let's not kid ourselves. Who Can we I interject for why we played? Yeah, before you get into specifics, because there is, and Jim, you're right, I have some stats for you because I love a stat or two. Thank um, God. Um, but I think you just need to take a step back. You know, um, one of your friends mentioned yesterday the fact that previous Wallaby teams would have would have folded, would have lost that game. So you've got to be able to give um, credit where credit's due about heart, commitment, you know, going that extra yard, which maybe uh, that suggests is a change in culture since um, Rennie's arrival, potentially. Well, if you think about last year, what did we draw three tests? We only won one last year. Yeah, but we drew three or something ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Richard's the stat guy. Yeah, yeah you drew three guys. You drew three games, yeah. So just, I don't know, just that that guts to convert this one, did it meant a lot. It really, really did mean a lot. Um, so proud Aussie fan, loved the jersey, happy with the result. Um, you know, it's awesome. I don't, I don't think we play like that. I don't think we beat the Crusaders. But um, you can only beat who you play. Yeah, and you wouldn't, wouldn't question anyone on that pitch is, um, or maybe one or two, anyone's dedication or desire or want to win that test. I felt almost an over-dedication was the issue at the start of the game, that this desire to score from everywhere, this desire to push the pass, um, there was a real over-excitement, I think, at the start of the game, um, which we eventually calmed down and, and overcame. Mm. But I came on here, what, two, three days ago and said, what did I want from the Wallabies? I wanted us to look convincing, not have a clear deficit in our game, not have weakness at defence, weakness at line-out, weakness at scrum, weakness at kicking. <sighs> we didn't, didn't get that. It, it wasn't you convincing. It. Uh, our set-piece did look pretty tidy, though, which was nice. Yeah, I have to say, you know, um, I love this uh, spider cam. I, ha- I have to say that the Aussies were actually a little bit hard done by. Um, if you actually looked at, in the first half when we're looking at Slipper and uh, Alalalatoa scrummaging, I felt that uh, um, the French uh, uh, loose head was was actually uh, was 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 not actually going that straight at all, and Slipper had him on absolute toast. Um, so I felt that the the Aussies could have actually um, got a few more penalties in that uh, scrum penalties in that first half, and you know what it's we toast. Should- um, we shit on um, BPA as well, the line-out functioned, and that's credit to Matt Phillip calling it well and, and obviously uh, working quite well. So I thought set-piece actually in those two areas functioned quite well in the first half. Yeah, set-piece was. It was it was, it was was strong all game, I think. Um, I thought Matt Phillip, we'll get to plays soon. I guess let's start with him. He was awesome. Mm. Phillip was awesome. Looked like he got something out of his trip overseas. Mm. Um, and just continuing on that awesome that form that he bit had. of desire. Just just to conclude on set piece, the most disappointing part of the set piece. Yeah, the scrums are good. Yeah, the lineouts operated somewhat. But when you are losing your first phase off of a set piece, you have not effectively executed a good set piece. You've hit now whatever the plan edge. is there. Australia's biggest weakness was our attacking breakdown. I would also add to that actually that they played a bit safe sometimes. If you actually look at it. Um, statistically, someone will tell me because I haven't looked at it. But lineouts were, I know, a lineout, a lot of it went to two and four. There wasn't many times where the ball went to the back of the lineout, back of the lineout to give the attackers that extra uh, extra platform to play off. So, I well, think there was once when Lonigan ran on for his debut. <laughs> <laughs> it's called it <laughs> <Yeah, well. eight. laughs> 
but I just that that's it. That's it. That's an evolution. But then that creates extra risk in obviously uh, you might lose more line out. So um, yeah, it was good, but there's still an evolution of it. Um, well, on on your point about Australian dominance, I think um, I really do think we're all over France, and they really slowed it down on the penalty front, um, and they got slammed on the penalties. But man. I keep coming back to it. God, it pisses me off, the inconsistency in rugby. You know, I don't like cards, so I was more than happy to see no cards in the game last night. But I think at one point, France had eight straight penalties against them. Um, it just baffles the mind that, you know, five weeks ago in Super Rugby, you see three sometimes and someone's getting sent off. Next infringement, someone else goes. And then you watch this game and no one goes. Mm. And then there's a warning, great, no one infringes for five minutes, then France infringed the next two, and that warning never happened. Mm. In the same vein, it, it took me some time to adjust to how the rucks looked. I'm so used to those super rugby rucks being so clean, so fast, um, but there was just French bodies, hands on, two seconds in and then someone else's would hands and get hands away like they were just going for it which is what this the style of rugby they play it's the style of rugby that they used to play down here just the pace of it was was very different which i think rattled us a little bit yeah it did we didn't commit we put one in our attacking breakdowns and we were setting up pods for runners just win the fucking ball guys mm. um, that's much rugby though it is yeah. it is and i think that was the adjustment we struggled to make but my whinge was just the the utter inconsistency of penalties in this sport is baffling. Every every week it's a lottery. It's but it's not only the number, it's also, as you say, the interpretation of the referee, the way that he or she uh, interprets it slightly differently. So yeah, I just, agree. Just every game is just different and it's yeah. just confusing. Um, and I think France were ill-disciplined. Our penalty count helped us greatly, but you know. Put those stats and you're the stats man, Richard, into any Super Rugby game, what we were used to watching, we would have seen cards. Mm. What we didn't last night. Again, happy with it. Just it's just strange. It's baffling. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Uh, what did you think about what did you uh, just sort of a few things before you go on individuals? It was clear that uh, there's a few because of the lack of combinations, there's a few defensive lapses by uh, the Wallabies in the first half, which led to some clean breaks by uh, by the French. Um, and the French defended really well. But were you concerned about the lack of offloads, the lack of link plays, the lack of just diversity in the Wallaby attack throughout the whole game? You know, I've mentioned in the first half going too quick and then the second half kicking. There was no, never seemed to be a combination of the two. Yeah, look, the, the telling sign with that was the rush defense of the of the French really shut down any backline play that we were getting. Um, it was killed before it even started. But a lot of the times that I, that I took away when Tamu was Tamu was getting on the outside shoulder of his man, right? He was. Mm. But he just does not. He just did not have the toe or the pace to capitalize on that. And as our mate was saying, there was a real noticeable lack of offload. So obviously that was something that they discussed before. The game took place, but Absolutely. it was more. It was it was more the space was given, but it was not our our quicks in the space that was provided. Tom Wright was a very quiet game, very, very quiet. quiet game. Corabetti went looking for work and was damaging when he used to when he cut mm. back in ten meters and found a hole, damaging. But um, yeah, a little disappointing with the space that was found and then what we did when we were on that outside shoulder. 
particularly also because Korobedi and also Paisami uh, ran a couple of really good lines back towards the breakdown a couple of times and made good meters. But the follow-up play to go back around the corner never really eventuated. It then suddenly slowed down or never got any wider than that. Well, um, you've, hit, so- you've hit the nail on the head there, right? Obviously, to your offload point, clearly there was a directive. There wasn't a single offload thrown, so something was doing there. But th- there was no game management by Australia. It was individuals doing things well and the forward pack functioning very well, I'd say, outside of the breakdown. Um, But there was no game management. There was no Nick White at nine controlling the ship. There was no James O'Connor directing which way we were going. It just felt helter-skelter. And you're right, part of that was the French rush um, but it just sent like the only plan we had was chuck it to Hunter. Hopefully he'll do something good. Um, and then and then he caught it and went, shit, I'm going to kick this. I'll do a shit kick instead. Oh, yeah. man, I don't mind that. I don't mind because the dual threat of a 13 who can kick on both feet, that's just shit you can do with that. Yeah, mate, he's, t- he's legit. Totally agree with that, but the, the fact it was, it was just the timing that he did it. You know, it was like a five on two yeah. at that point. It was yeah. it was Correct. just it was just situational, like what do yeah. you want? Yeah. But I Tom like Wright the idea. Drop and if, that sitter at first slip, we're on Tom Wright doesn't drop the try. He oh, yeah. picks it up and puts it down. We're on here singing Hunter's praises for kicking. I even and reckon Kellaway, man, stick a hand out. I've taken screamers just sticking a hand out in hope. You just throw a hand out and grab one. And sometimes it sticks. Never you didn't even stick a hand. I really reckon he could have caught that. Sorry, are we talking about your tackling, Najin? Nah. He's wiki keeping. <laughs> no, I know, but just I've heard stories about you just throwing out a hand to tackle as well. Oh, yeah. I had the trip. Certainly, that's all I had, mate. Certainly no shoulders there. <laughs> um, you talk about that inside runner against Randwick. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> We've Stand discussed by. this on the podcast before, but I'll throw it out there again in case there's any new listeners for the international season. We're out there. This absolute unit runs an inside line at James. Turnstiles, straight past him, not a finger on him, under the post. <laughs> I stuck an arm out. Me, looks at me and says, ask me on Monday if that was the right decision. <laughs> he would have poleaxed me. This was a cameo, untrained, no fitness, biggest dude on the field runs straight at me. Actively got out of uh, the way. I think we were down 40 mil at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right call, man. Um, all right, well, let's rip into some indiv- individuals. It's a pretty short, sharp podcast, so I reckon we've got time to go through the lot of them. Um, we'll just do a, a quick jump around. What do we think of the front row? Yeah, good. Front uh, row? I don't know any of the French players. Good. Yeah, I was actually in- impressed. I was actually impressed with them. Scrummage really well um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a trio. And, um, again, um, Alalatoa anchored that scrum. Um, BPA did well, and, he, and Slipper had his number, so... I was impressed. And they even rucked quite well. It would be great to have more carries, but that's what Tupo comes for on in the 50th minute. So very impressed with all three of them. Yeah, and where I'll disagree with you there is just Tupo needs to start. He's the best player in the country. Um, he was ridiculously good for 30 minutes. I'd rather see that for 60. But the three that started all played all played very well as well. Um, second row? Um, I'll... Like uh, I like Mike Phillip. I thought he I thought it was one of his best games in a while. He looked bigger than what he was before. Um, he worked his socks off around He's the park. Some cheese, some some um, cargo, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced by uh, 
uh, Salakar Loto, if I'm honest. And, that was and one that, of his quiet yeah, games. That was one of – that was, yeah. Didn't do anything majorly wrong, but no. was not impactful at all. Mm. Yeah, he's, um, he's, I was quite shocked at that, to be honest. There's a couple of blokes in this Australian team that just – you put a Super Rugby jersey on them, they're outstanding. You put a gold on them, they're the opposite. They're like the opposite of Adam Ashley Cooper or a Sterling Mortlock. Guys that just – I'll do Adam Ashley. Just meandered through a Super Rugby season. Throw the gold on him. Unstoppable. Yeah. Um, Solikai Lotu is almost the opposite. Um, and, you know, throw banks in that as well. You, you put the gold on him and all of a sudden. Valentini. Yeah. Yeah. More than capable, though. Like, there's a really good player there. It just how he probably approaches these games, he relaxes himself. So he looks like he's not really into it. That's my read on the body language. Maybe that's how he approaches it. Some Maybe holistic I, shit, but I want to see some grunt, man. I think Blake might have made the point a while ago. You know, he's probably a bit of a hybrid. He's not sure whether he's a he's a second row. He's not sure whether he's wanting to be a six. And I just think he needs to, if he's going to play be in the row, he needs to get a bit bigger, um, and he needs to do a bit bit more of the dirty work. Really, I'm going to I'm going to brutally, but he's a poor man's Courtney Laws, isn't he? Similar to player, what's that? Just similar mould of player, but just doesn't have the impact, something like Courtney Wars does. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't reckon the four and five is interchangeable with the six and eight. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. I know it's No, it's I'm not done. either. I'm not. Yeah. But anyway, I'd say stick the course with him, though. Swain's quite um, young on the bench. He was outstanding when he came on, and he's an absolute unit of a young bloke. Mm. But I say stick the course. Um Salakai Loto had a good Super Rugby season. You're not going to drop him after a game. No, you're not going to. No. Um, but but he he was disappointing on the impact front. Um, hope hope to see more out of him. We know he's capable. Just rarely see it in the gold. Uh, the back row, the back row, which we were just frothing. Hooper, Hooper doesn't miss a beat, mate. It was so good to see him back. Like he didn't have six weeks holiday or 12 weeks holiday in Japan, just over the ball, work right through the roof, always first back when they broke the line, just loved his effort, man. And he actually is looking like the senior that he is. Oh. Leadership through the roof, just chilled. I was, I was down. Yeah, and where I'm, I'm a, the criticism of Hooper, right, is he's not your traditional pilferer. And we tend, we look like we were lacking that. And then cometh the hour, cometh the man. Got a pilfer at a key moment. Two or three times, yeah. Um, and then scored a try with his ass. What more can you want? <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we, I Laid an egg. Like, did he actually, and it genuinely, and I'm not trying to take it away from him because he's obviously got this right. Did he actually pick it up? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Did yeah. he? Okay. I'm going like to I was blind at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, Wilson, obviously, work rate outstanding, can put a hit on and will run the yards if machine. required. Absolute machine. He is, for me, almost always best on park every time he plays. He was just a victim in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I'd like to see Valentini. Obviously, had a few errors. Um, he looks nervous himself, never really got into gear. But I'd like to see some more lines and more plays based around him getting one-on-one -on -one with the defender. A lot of the time he's hitting it up. There's two or three dudes tackling him and he's just not making the meters. Mm. So, and I'm, I'm talking inside of 22 because he is a go-to in that scenario. 
Um, but a lot of the time, it's just one outs and do your best to get some ad line. But if they work some Wilson ball, like when we saw Tate come on and Wilson ran that hole, something they've developed during the Super Rugby season, like if we get Valentini as well as Wilson running those lines, man, it's unstoppable. There's just too many options there. Do you know which I'm, what I'm referring to there? Do you know what's interesting? Just for and I was um, last night. I was definitely on the train of Valentini needs to do more. He's he's quiet. He's hanging out on the wing. He's not not doing as much as he is. But I looked at the stats today, and do you actually know that Valentini had more carries and made more meters than what Harry Wilson did? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I got the feeling you're the stats man, Richard. But I got the mm. feeling with Valentini, he um, and we hadn't seen this all year, even when we played the Kiwi sides, he just wasn't winning his contacts. No, I agree with that. His work rate was through the roof, but maybe maybe Jim's onto something, which is he was running tight channels, um, which is kind of just running into the French, what they're made for. They're not going to miss you at pillar and post. Because um, uh, he also hung out, he also hung out on the wing at sometimes and was was not the most effective either. He's a bit of crossfield out there, wasn't he? Now he looked yeah. be frank. He was awful. We've been on him all season, but he 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 seemed pretty shit to me last night. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. No. He's had a brilliant, super ugly season. He just needs more minutes. Hmm. Anyone can have a bad game, and he had a bad game. Um, but you're telling me otherwise with the stats, Richard. Yeah, um, I was surprised when I looked at them. You know, as I said, he had he had he had 13 carries within the game. Now, to only make he still made 32 meters. I would still imagine him to make more than that. But looking at giving him the eye test, I don't think they were good 32 meters. I agree with your point that I don't think he won the contact enough, and I don't think they were useful meters. If that makes sense, I know yeah, that's and the back row as as a unit needs to do more breakdown work. Yeah. Our attacking yeah. breakdown was shit house. Our defensive breakdown was kind of just Hooper. Yeah. It fills me with so much glee, man. That you're reading stats for leisure. I love it. Yeah, it gets me going too. That's what I do it for, boys. Uh, finally, we got through the forwards. That was tough. Let's get to the real, the real meat of the thing, the backs. Um, Gordon, Gordon, see you, mate. Bum of the round. Him or Tamua, yeah. Gordon was was terrible. And I, I, I think, you know, what I think is going to be really difficult for the Wallabies is they need to pick and stick. Um, they need continuity. That's clearly what they lack. But you can't when the game's in three days. No, no. This is Gordon's first win of the year. So just a bit of perspective. Let's be honest, we weren't winning when he was on the field. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if he can claim it. He was awful. He looked unfit. I know he's coming back from injury. I don't understand why you'd pick him. you got to have I, one I tar it, in there. No, I think I think you pick him for the reasons that we mentioned the other day. I thought he was going to give extra control. He was probably better defensively than what Tate is. That was my perception um, going into it. I thought his all-round kicking game, I like a box kick if it's executed properly, but he didn't do that. So I understand the reasons why he was picked. However, he probably just didn't execute enough. And, and I would also add to it, I feel a little bit for him because, you know, I don't know how many times he's, times he's played with Lolaseo. Um, and I think as a 9 and a 10, it, the more you play together, the better that combination becomes. Look, he was shit. He was shit. <laughs> he looked shit. He looked slow. He looked unfit. His box kicking was horrible. His pass it was, was yeah. inaccurate. His defensive work was lazy. He, he just had a shocking game of rugby. Now, when you look at – when uh, we've said, you know, a couple of other forwards were weak, but you pick and stick – I think clearly he's not the incumbent nine. No, so there's not. no there's nothing to come from picking and sticking with him. As soon as Nick White's fit, he's out. Yeah. And you'd rather play on the bench. See it mate. looked to me, it looked to me like dad invited him to play in his dad's Ogstag team. 
just come make up the numbers. Like, just didn't fit into that team, that role, because he's such a leader in that Tars format, which is one of his big pluses, and just brought none of that shit. Yeah, he does. He does seem to grow a leg when he's captain. Look, we're being harsh. We're talking about one game here, but fuck, this is what this podcast is. There's a thousand articles out there. We've got to shit on someone so Gordon can cop it. Yeah, and it might actually be in the next game that Tate McDermott starts and he ends up, the roles are reversed with a bit more space, tired forwards around him, that he actually starts to run and snipe and suddenly he looks the better scrap. You never know. It's uh, It's worth throwing the hat at because if Tate's running the show there, and we get good field position. Like he's got one, two, three forwards that he works closely with and have been all season. And that, that Harry Wilson line that he came on that shit, it was a Queenslander who ran the, um, ran the unders as the decoy and Harry Wilson on the outside. Like it was just something that they've done. Shows your combinations matter. It matters. Yeah, absolutely. Heaps. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is see you Gordon. I want one again on the bench. So we bring on a long range goal kicker. We tend to go. Yeah. It's not a bad play. And so you'd actually go from start, you'd, you'd go from starting nine to at the twenty three completely. You watch it. Uh, all I'm going to say, you long. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Like, I can't believe it. But <laughs> like, as a long as a long range kicker, surely you'd want Hodge on your bench because he covers multiple options rather than just having um, Lonergan on as a nine. Yeah, but I'm just you know I'm not in for Hodge uh, and White's <laughs> out at the moment, so I think White's your nine takes your bench. Yeah. yeah, and and White's a bit of a long range kicker too, and he can chip from afar. And then the benefit yeah, yeah. is yeah. Lonigan and Lola. So yeah, they grew up playing footy together. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And Lo- and Lonigan's played ten before too. Hey? Hasn't he? I think he's making shit up, Jim. No, 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 no. Yeah, somewhere. I think it was like <laughs> under fourteen or something. Um, Lola Sayo <laughs> was pretty ordinary. Yeah, he he was another one who was invited by Dad to play for his touch team. He he. He couldn't handle. He wasn't ready for all the responsibility that comes with being the Australian ten on yeah, a test match surface. Or having a Barry, it's a tough day at the office. Yeah, and... I was going to say. I think you're being a bit harsh on him. I think when you're nine and twelve, when you're inside and outside man are struggling, I think that puts uh, undue pressure on you. Not that I've ever played ten, but um, I have, I Richard. Just... Let me tell you. <laughs> I, just, I just feel that, that he was that was always going to hinder him, you know. So uh gotta stick with him and I hope he's gonna grow. He played better than his last game, you know, his last game he played for the Wallabies at 10. So Yeah, look, um, kicked his goals. He just what what he didn't offer, and I think the way the team was named, it wasn't actually his job, but there was zero game management from nine, ten, or twelve. Hmm. Um, and normally for most teams you're looking at the ten to fill that role. Or just heads um, up. Or just heads-up rugby. We've talked about New Zealand playing amazing heads-up rugby, playing what's in front of him. I just felt like he didn't do that at times. So and maybe it's because he was too structured and told him he had to go to Tamua or had to go to Gordon for that structure. So maybe next time he just needs to play a little bit more looser. I yeah, and look, and he's one, you're right, you just stick with because you know the talent's there. Um, he doesn't seem to be informed, though. Um, and I guess as soon as O'Connor's fit, it's, it's his jersey. Um, now, the next one... I'm going to go real, real hard on um, Tamua. He was truly, truly awful. He's been awful all season. Um, we know why he was picked, right? Good defender, good tactician. The impression I got was he fair income offers nothing. He doesn't. He's got the pace of a second rower. Um, he just is behind. I'm just saying that's that's being very disrespectful to the second rower, mate. He, he just seems. 
like he's not going to break the line ever. So that's not a threat. So the only threat is him passing. Um, and I just think at 12, he rarely has time to, to do that. I think you need that double option at 12. Um, I just uh, Awful, awful. Didn't kick well, didn't pass well, is not a running threat ever. Um, and I wouldn't say our game management was acceptable um, and our defence was, was poor too. Yeah, I, I would actually. Yeah, no, I would. I would agree with that. I just, you know, for him to play the entire game and only to make thirteen passes, uh, to only actually make four out of six tackles, you know, that's that. Even those two stats alone only just show that he didn't have the biggest impact on the game. You um, good, Richard? You good? Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Um, I think for him, maybe there's more to it in terms of leadership. That second playmaker, I've talked about it a lot. Uh, Banks played poorly. He doesn't come into the line, so. Um, I understand completely why he's there, but for me, it would be more exciting to play a Paisami and an Ikatao, um a little bit run straighter lines, and just that—that that would be in the short term a bit more exciting. Yeah, my only defense for my only defense for Tamua is the difficulty that comes with being that entire Rebels team. Everything was your decision, everything was your execution. To just being, oh, this is not—you're not that person. Same as Jake Gordon, wasn't it? Yeah, that transition. Must be difficult. Where? What's my role here? Still figuring it out. Clearly, but he's not a threat. That's my problem, right? No. He's not a threat. Um, and and I couldn't agree more with you boys. Like, if you look at Australia, what is the one position we've got a gluttony of talent in? You can Karevi's over playing sevens now. He'll be back before the next World Cup. Patea, we know his talent. Ikatao, we know his talent. Paisami, we know his talent. Parise would be the first name picked if he was fit. That's five centers that are awesome, that you'd love to get in your team. You'd play half of them out of position to have them in your team. I don't know. He doesn't feature. At 29, 30 years old, he's not in the running with any of those blokes. No, he's not. But it comes back to a point we've made before. It's just who plays 15. And I will come to Thomas Banks, and I'm not his biggest fan, but I just I still feel you need a better distributor, or even if it's a Callaway, he's going to come with that because Callaway's played 10 or center at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone who's going to be that distributor then, then, um, that can help Paisami and um, Ikatawa if that is the first choice over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I, again, I think we've had this conversation a lot. I think you're underrating Paisami's ball playing a little bit there, um, but I don't disagree. But I just think of Tom Wright, the transition would be easy. He was a 10 all through high school footy. Um, I think the transition for him would be fairly straightforward to 15. Perfect. Go for it. Perfect. I think that'd be exciting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if this is the uh, the forum to trial that out though. Why? No, why though? The thing is, I, I see. I think it is like no disrespect. Like you, the, the this first game was going to be the hardest one because you haven't played for so long. Like this was going to be the hardest one. You've got a bit of momentum. I know you can't have momentum from one game, but you potentially has. I think it's a you got freedom. Like even if your next game's on Tuesday, why wouldn't you just try it out once before in inverted commas the real challenge of the the rugby championship ensues in a few weeks' time? Why wouldn't you? Mm. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to lose a game and then you go to a decider and you you win the last one. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, quickly through the other 13, we spoke about Hunter a bit. Clearly was the go-to man, um, was pretty dynamic, but didn't always make the right choice. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Looking um, forward to him progressing, though. Corabetti was a beast on the wing, but I think what was fascinating, it was similar to the Rebels, no one knows how to play with him. So 
everything he does is counter. Everything he does is individual brilliance. There is no, he's never being fed a good ball. Yeah. <laughs> We've been given a lot of bad ones. But um, at this stage, man, it works because when he was busting up the seams, he was making ad line, he's a strong runner, great in D. His consistency has always been the issue. Watch him sit out next game. Watch him sit on the wing next game. I I don't think they know how to use him because the back line didn't know how to get the ball out. Yeah, so it sort of suits his style, right? It wasn't coming his way, so he comes in looking and he's quick enough and strong enough. I like the fact that he comes in and finds work sometimes. The only Love issue it. is if, Excellent. If, the only issue is when if there's quick turnover ball that he's out of position, but someone's got to be able to cover that. But I love it. You know, he he made the most of it. He beat uh, more defenders than any other player on the Wallaby team. Like I I, I want him to, He needs to get his hands on the ball more. Yeah, the blokes are beast. They just need to feed him more. Mm. Um, they need to know how to feed him more. Mm. Um, our other wing, we agree, right? Pretty poor game. Yeah, pretty poor game. If he caught that ball, it would have been fine. Yeah, just the, uh, the word I would just say would be um, anonymous, really. Yeah, where was he? Yeah. Didn't like him flirting with the touchline either. Just things I wouldn't have done. Mm. Just test match footy. Australia wasn't playing test match footy. That's what yeah. I stand by. France were right. You kick your threes, you slow the ball down, um, you play territory. Australia weren't. We were playing Kelter Skelter Madness. Um, and then I think we've alluded to it, but Banks just can't seem to step up. Mm. It's, it's really baffling. Not to the level in which you dominate. Had a couple of good takes under the high ball at fullback. He's got the toe to get on the outside shoulder and do something with it, as we saw. Um, I think, for me, I'd like to see him hold it a little more with his line breaks. His first option is always to look to kick. I'd yes. like him to shape up and go back in where he can be supported and then build from there. You know what? The best the best fullbacks in the world is when they receive it from a from a kick, it's you kind of get that sense of electricity. Is he gonna counterattack? Is he gonna put a kick? What's he gonna do? Like with, with banks at the moment, it just needs a bit one dimensional already at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna text today from a mate just saying he's just the beneficiary of a good Brumbies team with good systems. Yeah. Yeah. Could be very true. Like if he's at New South Wales and Maddox is at Canberra, is Maddox the fifteen? Probably. It's just Probably. he's the beneficiary of there's not another fifteen in the squad. Yeah. Get, get Callaway in there, mate. Yeah. Or even as you said, laughing it. Or, or to be fair, get Tom Wright in there at fullback. I like that idea that you put forward. Um, and we'll all agree the bench was was awesome. Yeah, down for the bench. Everyone. Something I didn't like is Ike Towers on debut, mate. Give him a minute. I know. It's a bit rough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but if no, I see. If I was only going to play her a minute, what's the point, mate? Give me, give me ten, give me fifteen. Like I don't uh, want to go on Coach comes out of me. Just gives the kid a go. It's international rugby, mate. No one wants to just go on for a minute. <laughs> like, that cap's not worth anything. Yeah. It was good to see Nicerani out there too. I enjoyed watching him. I thought yep. he was physical and pretty dominant when he was on. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, I think I'd prefer him to Nicerani. Seems a bit better in those tighter channels. Yeah. To Valentini. Um, but, you know, time, time. It'll be good putting some competition on the six and eight. And look, and do you know what? We've I've lamented the lack of depth at the hooker position, but do you know what? BPA played well. I said in Lone, um, Lonegren, he came, he played well when he came on as well. Yeah. All the debutants were impressive. Mm-hmm. Callaway was impressive. Swain was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Lonegan was sharp. You could tell. Poor bloke didn't get on. Um, so what are we expecting next Tuesday? A totally different team named? 
just for the second, just for, and I'm going to bastardize the French, but the, 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 the language, but we have to give kudos to the seven that Jalonch played well. That 12 looks a beast. He could kick, he could. Dante, uh, trouble, uh, trouble there. He's killer over the ball, too. Yeah, he was electric. Even, um, uh, the 10 did all right. So there was a, and the 11 finished the, the tri soccer well. So even it being a second rate French team, there was some, there was some quality players in there. There were, did there I were some correctly that their goal kicker was at the 10 <laughs> was playing third division in France. Yeah, but he, uh, he was the guy who played against England and mentioned on the podcast the other day. I don't know if he's playing third division, but he wasn't playing at a very high level a, a while ago. No. Yeah, right. That's mind-blowing. Um, no, France certainly showed up. They certainly showed up, but it just looked like they got a bit strangled by the second half. Um, but they just don't make silly mistakes, and they capitalise when you do hang on, make hang on. mistakes. You don't make silly mistakes? So there's Until a line the silliest mistake you've ever seen. I, I have to give kudos. I know Jim's already mentioned it, but to be in quarantine all week, to literally be in Brisbane tw- like 12 hours before the kickoff or whatever a stupid time it was, um, they stood up really well. So and on. Yeah. should have won. Good on them. That, yeah. that was, it's really good, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, exciting for Australian rugby, right? Huge numbers watching. Half the country in lockdown. Um, well, they're in that origin time slot, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I mean. Was it a good enough spectacle? Uh, depends what angle you want to take. Like, if you love the contest, it was a great contest because you never know what it was going to go. It was a thriller. It wasn't, like, blown out, so people might have been intrigued to stay on and watch. So as a contest, as a product, as a contest, it was a good one. As a product, no, the quality was poor. It was a lot of mistakes in. So I think it would have turned off a lot of fans. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that, right, because I think if you went into the narrative that most Aussies had, Australia 10+, plus, was, was a bit of a schmozzle. Um, but if you were just watching it for a competition, it's brilliant. Team yeah. came back from 15-0 down. Um, I mean, it wasn't a try fest, was it? But rolling all in a try with your ass, but <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't champagne out wide. Hey, French, um, uh, the French scored a couple of good tries. They <laughs> did, they did. How was that second French try, but like if I was coaching the under 10s and an inside ball just blew my team's mind. I reckon I'd walk off. Yeah, but it's Gordon, just mate. Gordon uh, brought that tar defence to the team. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, yes, he has, but that just comes with time. Defensive trust. There was just no trust in there as a poor, poor. No, read. Gordon. Gordon played the out the back ball. He didn't even. He was there to make the tackle, but he already pre-read. It's the individual's fault there. That's not a team thing. Hmm. Just not good enough. That shit. So yeah, what are you boys expecting? A totally different team name Tuesday. Most of the starting fifteen rested. No, I reckon there'll only be about four changes, I reckon. Yeah, I'm expecting minimal two, and I'm expecting the third test to be, be big changes. Uh, see, I was expecting you mix it up. So you're either midweeker and then you go back to your full strength for the third one to build those combinations. For the Saturday night romper stomp. Yeah, the romper stomp. Yeah, maybe. And there's enough time to, to recoup, and so it may be that he just runs out his best team and tries to get those combinations because we know how important they are in all three games. Do I, do I digress here for a minute? Business ad. I used to hear Romper Stomp. I think Russell Crowe, Romper Stomper. Now I think the Wiggles. Got the song in my head. Is it long enough, six days, to, for the boys to run out again? Yeah, it's plenty of time, mate. Plenty of time. And, what, and then run a different team out, the third one? Maybe. Well, if that's the case, I want to see, I want to see Thor start and Tate start. Otherwise, I keep the team the same. Mm. I, I still value uh, um, 
Tupo off the bench, but I know we disagree with that. I think he's so destructive after 50 minutes. Um, but I'd love to see him from the start and we'll, we'll see what happens, but we'll see. All right. Well, um, anything else to chat? I think we predicted all the other games of footy. All I would say is what's doing with this Lions tour? Is this thing about to end? No, Spring they're running. Coach has got COVID. Yeah, they'll run it as long as possible because obviously they played the Sharks this morning, a very depleted Sharks team because obviously quite a few of them in the in the Springbok team. But it's pretty scary the fact that they had to change so many of the team players because even they've had a bit of an outbreak in the Lions squad themselves. So, you know, the Lions coach. Um, so it's a little a little, little scary, but they will run it for as long as possible. But do I, if they, I was they a betting... They out of the cricket comp there, didn't they, England, when they were there? Yeah. 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 Um, Ah, uh, just, I don't know. It feels like it's just a disaster waiting to happen. It is, you know, it's sad because, as you say, South Africa's game against Georgia got cancelled, then the change in the Lions squad against the Shark, the Shark. So it's just, is it going to be the product that we want it to be? No. Is it still going to have a high, ten, uh, high amount of kudos attached to it? Yes. So just fingers crossed that it eventuates. All right. Your wifos are coming home, Richard. Don't be a pessimistic pom, mate. I'm still a pessimistic pom, mate. Like, that penalty was a bit, how's your father, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a penalty, mate. Yeah, it was, look, if um, it was soft. If, and if, two if, balls if, on the field? Yeah, I didn't actually notice that in real time until they showed it afterwards. I genuinely didn't notice in real time. But if I was if I was Denmark, I'd be pissed off. Like, we would have be better pissed off too. Team, but that doesn't mean that we should have got a soft penalty. Like, if, if Denmark, Denmark could have got the If Denmark could have got that penalty. You want, sorry? No, I'm digressing. I just watched a Denmark TV show. It was outstanding. Yeah. Um, if Denmark could have got that penalty, I'd have understood why they got that penalty, but I would have been rightly pissed. You beat Italy? No, I don't think we are. I, I don't think they are either. Really? Italy is so well drilled. Um, England had a lot of possession, and they kept the ball for long periods of time, but they just not. They just weren't clinical enough. They didn't have enough creativity in there. Like... Um, if you look at the possession, we had lots of it, but how many key passes were made were not that many. Uh, we tried to score the perfect goal and try and walk it in, and it's just we're just not good enough. But yeah. saying that, I love the fact that England in the extra time kept the ball for a good three minutes. We haven't done that for a long period of time, you know, and killed the game off. So that's yeah. amazing. But um, we just don't have that outstanding player. Harry Kane tries to be it when he drops off, but we don't have that outstanding player that's going to open up a an Italian defence. You know, Chiellini and um, Bonucci are just unbelievable. They all look very similar, the English team, man. I couldn't split them. <laughs> they all got that haircut. Uh, I couldn't tell you the difference between Stones and the other fullback, the really tall one with a crooked nose. What's his name? Well, Stones is not a fullback, but the Stones were the centre-half and Maguire were the two centre-halves. Maguire. Maguire is what I'm talking about, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It just needs, um, if we're being really technical, we just need... Uh, <laughs> we're Mason, not. <laughs> no. Uh, Mount didn't play very well. You, you just need someone in the hole to get his foot on it and actually be a bit more creative. Because you got Sacco and Sterling who can run in behind. I should Kane, I know. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, that's... I hope, hope, that we're, hope that we win. Fingers crossed. I'll be watching, mate. Of course you will. I'll be watching too. You're going to call in sick, Richard? <laughs> I'll be on my Zoom calls um, for work at nine o'clock on Monday. Um, all right, team. Well, Joker to win Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Ash Barty, hopefully, for you. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't that uh, be something? 
All right. All right. Go the Wallabies. Outstanding win. We're proud of you. Building something. <laughs> See you, people. Never <laughs> doubted it for a second. Hey, boys. Hey,